Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. And welcome to another episode of the award-winning recovery podcast, Get in the Herd, brought to you by the McShin Foundation. I am your co-host today, Nathan Mitchell, and I'm co-hosting over here with the big dog, Darian Diggs. Ooh. I like that, the big dog, Darian Diggs. Yeah, it goes Great. right along with my initials. It does, man. All that alliteration. Yeah. It's a nice big word, isn't it? I yeah. like that. That was a college word. It was, you know? Mm. <laughs> Every once in a while. Um, today, we are really uh, grateful to be in the studio with uh, somebody I've known for, for, for several years. I, I don't I don't get to see you very often, but I, I see you. I, if that makes sense, I watch you, you know, and I know that you're around and I love I love the program, the company you keep. Um, today we're in the studio with Corey Clark, who's here uh, sharing his experience, strength and hope with us. And uh, Corey, man. Uh, so let's talk. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the Cowboys. Uh, I refuse to make any stipulations or comments about the Cowboys on this on this telecast. <laughs> I don't even like football. I don't really know anything about the Cowboys, but yeah, I get it. They suck. I get it. <laughs> I mean, listen, nobody can suck as worse as the Bears. Oh, and that and that, this is coming from somebody who is a true fan. Well, die hard for me. This is this is just for me. Cowboys suck. Worst team in the NFL. <laughs> so I don't really care so much about football either, except that I follow you on Facebook and I see all of the comments that that you put out, as well as all you know, all of your friends are sort of in collusion now and, and are, are constantly pumping out that number one hater uh, thing about the Cowboys. And it just it cracks me up because, it, you know, I'm having a bad day, whatever. It's like it gives me something to smile about. <laughs> That's the whole point of it. You know, it's uh, for me, it's just fun. I'm a 49ers fan, so it's always been a Cowboys rivalry with us. Um, and it's just out of humor, man. I'm just trying to make people laugh. And people get really upset about some of the stuff that I post. Like, they really get mad, which actually makes me do it more. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell you know, them to go talk to their sponsor. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. But, you know, when we lost, I thought it was the greatest thing as soon as Garoppolo threw that interception. My phone just started going ding, 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 ding. And people I haven't talked talk to or made a comment on my Facebook page ever just came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. But, just, you know, it's all just good. Just to give you some shit. I love it. It's all good. 
<laughs> well, so that's that's really cool because you're very visible not only in the fun that you have because I see that, but you're visible in your recovery. So you know we're you know pivoting onto the recovery po- mm-hmm. podcast topic here. You know, um, talk about man, like what what got you into recovery? If you if you don't mind sharing a little mm-hmm. bit, just a little bit of you know where, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. Pain got me into recovery. Pain, pain and consequences got me into recovery. Um, we were talking a few minutes ago, you know, it part of the reason why I laugh and joke and have so much fun is I spent so many years miserable, man. I ran the streets getting high and doing whatever I needed to do to get high for 30 years, you know, so now it's time to enjoy life and have some fun. Um, that's a broad topic for me. Like <laughs> I can spend the whole day yeah. talking about that because it's just so much that has happened in my life, you know, especially since I, especially for me, once I got into my step work and really got into it and stopped playing with it, like it, it showed me everything. Like it showed me all areas of my life that caused me pain. It showed me the parts I played in them. It showed, it, it explained to me my character defects and it explained to me the shortcomings that I had because I was acting on character defects and it just, it just opened up such a, a new world, you know? Um, and that was it for me uh, growing up, you know, I, my, my mother and father split up when I was, when I was really young. And I can remember the day that, that we left from our house and my mom put us in the car and we drove away and I watched a man that I thought was a giant shrink the further, further we drove off. Yeah. And in my mind, immediately, it was my fault. Like, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And that is where my, one of my major character defects is my fear of abandonment came from. Like, don't leave me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so twisted, my brain is so twisted, even in, I can look back over in relationships that I've had, even if the relationship was toxic and I had to leave, you still abandoned me. Like you made me leave, you know? So that fear of abandonment goes so deep and, and, and it's being able to learn about these things and see these things in real time as they're happening now with all my other character defects, it keeps me here, right? Cause I've learned as a saying, the more I learn, the more I learn, there is more for me to learn. The, the more I learn, the more I learn, there is more for me to learn. Yes. Okay. I have a question, if that's cool. Um, you know, what would you say to young men that went through that same thing? Like, at me personally, I'm a young man that went through also seeing my mom and dad split up. I used to have to go and visit my dad only during the summers or, yeah, you know, every couple of weekends. Mm-hmm. And up until probably, like, last year, I always thought it was my fault. And um your jersey's coming out yeah just a little bit but no i always like you know that's always been a thing in the back of my mind where i'm thinking like well what did i do like i had to have some part in this you did yeah you had a part in it you still have a part in it and one of the key things that helped me to understand and to be able to work through that was to understand that i play a part in it my um my first sponsor uh Kevin Y, I love him to life. He was and still is so 
much an integral part of my recovery because he had a way of explaining things to me in early recovery that I could I could understand. Um, and I remember when I was going over my fifth step with him, we were talking about this exact situation because my fear of abandonment runs so deep in everything that I do. Like if me and you are cool, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make sure that we stay cool, even if it's at my own expense, because I don't want you to leave. Yeah. It's even with work relationships like it. It's not just, you know, intimate or, or um, relationships with a female. It's relationship with my friends. It's relationship with my coworkers. It's relationships with my children. It's relation. It's everywhere. Um, and I was expressing this with my sponsor and. He asked me, he said, well, what part do you play in that? And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm four years old, five years old. Like, I didn't play a part in it. He's like, oh, yes, you do. You're still playing a part. And the part that I play is I still hold on to it. Mm. I still carry it around with me. And I still let it play out in areas of my life instead of doing the work through the steps that I need to do to be able to accept it and realize that the decisions that my mom and dad made didn't have anything to do with me. They made decisions that they thought were best for them. They affected me because I was four years old trying to make sense of something with a child's mind that I can't make sense of. Mm. So now today I can look at it and realize they were grown adults that were in a situation that wasn't working for them and they made a mutual decision to go their separate ways. It had nothing to do with me. My mom still loved me. My dad still loved me. But I can see that now as, as a grown up. And it took me going through my steps and having the proper guide to help me understand. And I would suggest you do the same thing. Thank you. Thank you. I had um just another thing. Like, Man, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> My train of thought. Hey, that welcome, was like welcome. that was literally exactly what I needed to hear. Like, I don't know. That was thank you for that. Like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever looked at that like that. I've always tried to like reconcile, like, oh well, it it was because of this reason, it was because of this reason. I don't I always held on to it, like you were saying. And now, like, hearing, like, somebody else had told me I needed to let go. But I like to bounce the idea off of multiple people. But hearing that again, you know, that that's what I needed to hear. And I don't know. Like, I'm just grateful that I got to talk to you today, man. Like, that, that, that gave me the hit that I needed. But another question that I'd have for you is, is, like, what do you do to not stay stagnant? in your recovery like i've been having a problem recently where i feel like i get to these stagnant points and like what what are things that you do to keep yourself active and going like i like to volunteer here i come here all the time run a group um take the guys to the store but there are just points in times where i'm just like i can't i can't do it today that's okay like you have to be okay with being okay Right. Some some days I don't feel like doing nothing. If I don't feel like doing nothing, I'm not going to do nothing. That's me. That's just me now. I ain't telling anybody else to work to work my program. This is what works for me. But I also know that 
when those days come that I don't feel like doing nothing, that's fine. But I don't let them days stack up on top of each other. Okay. Right. But my motivation to keep going is my pain. I don't forget those hard and miserable and dark times. I, I force myself to remember them because when I start to forget them, then I'm more open to making a bad decision. Mm -hmm. um, I can, I, I remember my last day of using and getting high. Uh, I was at a barbershop selling my brothers my, that had just passed, selling his music equipment that was in my car, trying to get my last one. And realizing that I was supposed to have been at home in 30 minutes to pick my kids up from school and I was an hour and a half away. I remember those are the things that I remember and I don't ever want to forget them. You know, you saying that you appreciate me being here telling you things that you need to hear. This goes into what we were talking about earlier about finding your purpose. Like mm -hmm. that right there, what you said actually helps me because it gives me proof that I didn't go through these experiences for nothing. Like it's a beautiful thing when you can realize that your pain also has a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that was the purpose of me being able to experience these things was so that I can give you my experience to help you. And in the process of helping you, I'm also helping me to know that it wasn't for nothing. Like I feel like it's 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 a waste when you go through life and you have no purpose in anything. It's a, it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's, it really is sad. And every aspect of my life, even the ones that I'm not proud of, even the ones that cause me tears, even the ones that still cause me tears to be able to talk to someone and they actually hear it and receive it and can learn something from it. It's not for nothing. Mm. Do you have a follow up for that? I do. Actually. Yeah, come on with it. Come on with it. Yeah, with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like you were saying, we like we we were just talking over there about finding our purpose. Like, what? Ooh, I'm a purpose driven person. Mm -hmm. So, like, while I was in intensive here for the longest time, like, you know, I knew what my purpose was. My purpose was to focus on myself at that point in time. But I'm mm -hmm. a person that has to be like active. Mm -hmm. Like, I gotta be helping in some way. I gotta be doing something. Or else I like I don't feel like I have a purpose. What like mm. what are things you do that kind of come you know when you can't necessarily be the one to help that person, or you know you don't have the opportunity to just always you know go out take someone out or you know just sit down and talk to someone. What are things you do to combat that to still make you feel like you have a purpose? I use my network. Okay. Cause see that's. The, the literature tells us, you know, that we're not going to be able to help everybody. Like there's going to be some people that I can go and talk to that may hear the message. And then there's some people that won't. They're not going to be able to hear my voice, but they may hear yours. So part of my purpose is to build my network or my tribe, you know, my village so that I have enough people that all have a very unique and distinctive voice. And when I do meet that one person, 
that can't hear me. Then I have all the people that I can connect them to. So I'm still in my purpose. Personally, let me just, let me say this. So I personally feel like my purpose in life is to be a servant. That's, that's my calling to help and serve other people. And I accept that with honor. Like it's, it's my honor to be able to help people. Um, so in being of service and being a servant, I have to be able to be of service and to be able to serve. So if I go somewhere and someone says that they need help, but I'm not able to give them the help, then I need to do the research. I need to put the work in so that I have many different options to choose from for this person. That's part of my 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 duty is to be able to help you to the best of my ability. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to be able to save the world. That doesn't mean I'm going to be able to save everybody. But I'm responsible for the effort. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. I stay connected. Like I'm, I do my work, man. That's yeah. pretty much what it is. And there's, like you say, even on some of those days where you don't feel like picking up the phone, some of those days you may not feel like going anywhere. That's okay. Those are the days that you got to keep your cup full. Because a lot of times I've noticed in my life when those days happen, when I really don't feel like doing nothing, it's because my cup is empty. I ain't been doing enough for myself. Yeah. Self-care is important. You know, I have a, a the uh, an, another book that I read um, that talks about my cup runneth over. I, I believe that that part of that scripture is extremely important because it's it's a, it's a visual, but it's also an analogy for life. Yeah. Right? Why, what's the importance of saying that your cup is running over? And that you have an abundance. You have an abundance. Like uh, a big thing. I have the word prolific tattooed on my back, which means an abundance of life and abundance of like offspring. So like when you, I hear that, me personally, I hear like, you know, I have an abundance of things for myself. Like I can do, mm -hmm. I have tasks that I can do for myself to make myself feel good mm -hmm. and have time, being able to have time for myself which I don't think about a lot. Like, I don't think about having time for myself a lot. You know, I do self-care things, but I don't normally see that as self-care, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, I I think of it as just fun, like things that I've grown to love to do mm -hmm. that I just go and do. Like, but I don't I don't think I've ever realized and like sat back and thought, dang, that, that is self-care. Like, I, I'm a disc golfer. Mm -hmm. Like, hardcore, my buddy Matt G got me into it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I go do for my, like, when on days that I'm not feeling it, I like to go play disc golf. And what happens after you finish playing? I feel amazing. Yeah, because you're pouring into your cup. See, the the overflow ain't for you because you can't do nothing with the overflow. You you got to get what's in the cup. That's for you. The overflow is for the people around you. Okay. What's in the cup is yours. The overflow is for the people around you. But in order for a cup to overflow, you got to continue to pour into it. Okay. Right. Because if you start trying to help people when you don't really feel like it and you haven't been pouring into yourself, now you're not in the overflow. You're actually in the cup. You're taking it from yourself. Sooner or later, your cup going to be empty. What's going to happen when your cup be, get empty? 
you're not gonna have that day that you're looking for. More than likely for me, when my cup, if my cup gets empty, I'm gonna go back to what was comfortable, what I know. Yeah. And I don't wanna do that. So I continue to pour into my cup. Even when I can't pour into my cup, this is the beautiful part about having this network and this tribe. When I am not able to pour into my cup, my network and my tribe pour into it for me. Like they help me. Yeah. Like I got people that send me texts and call me and fellowship with me. And, you know, we go and hang out and shoot pool and all that stuff. And they they know you. Yeah. Like if you spend enough time around your network and talking to your network and your tribe and your people, they're going to know when something's off. Yeah. And the dudes I rock with ain't going to let me stay by myself for so long. <laughs> like they'll come and get me. <laughs> like, come on, bro, let's go. Yeah. And that they was... pour into my cup for me. That was Nathan for me, like about a month or two back. Like, I was sit, I just come off of uh, like COVID, and I was just sitting in the house. Like, you know, that that isolation that I had during COVID was like the worst. And I was off my meds because I'd ran out while I was on COVID, and just like just in the house, not doing nothing, sleeping almost sixteen hours a day. He shoots me a text and goes, "Where you been, man?" Yeah. Like, what you doing? That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I was so grateful for it, too. Like, I was able to just, you know, I rant. He was like, come talk to me. And I don't think he necessarily meant in that moment, but I ran over here and mm -hmm. was just had a conversation because I knew I needed it. And it's things like that. Like, that. that's why I enjoy recovery, because I get to be a part of conversations like that that make people feel good, but also make myself feel good. Yeah. Like I get to be present for things that I'm not know I wasn't present for before. Like I got to be present for the first time in I don't know five years. I was sober at my little brother on my little brother's birthday, and mm -hmm. like you know, Bubba was able to play basketball. Mm -hmm. That was important. Mm -hmm. Like Bubba was able to take him to eat. I was able to watch a movie with him. Like that. That's important to me. Like that's, and I, that's the overflow. Yeah. All of that is the overflow. Because you have been pouring into your cup, you have been able to pour into other people. You have been able to be present and be there for other people. That's your overflow. As long as you continue to pour in, you'll continue to be able to have things like that. You know, what I like about you, Darian, um, is that you do come come over and, and, you know, like Corey was saying, you know, when I ask people to come and stop by or when people just stop by, um, often it's because I, I, I'm not expressing it, but I'm, it's a, it's me saying, I don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't always know that I'm doing that, but I recognize it now more and more. And it's, you know, I, I know that, that flowing back and forth, you know, fill mm -hmm. my cup, I fill your cup is important to me. And I, I love that you've been willing to do that. And you've been willing to jump in and take over. I, um, I, I have two regular groups, a Wednesday group and a Friday group. And because of scheduling, I've had to miss here and there. And, and, and Darian's been the go-to guy to, to fill that spot. And, and I love that, you, that, that you're willing to do that. So it's a beautiful thing, man. At 20 years old, I, I thought he was older too. Gosh, I, I, shoot, I hadn't even. I hadn't, oof, I don't right, even 20 go. years old, I was just hitting second gear. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think I'd even hit first gear yet. I was a late bloomer. My addiction, my alcoholism hit me. I don't know. 
it's it's all my my first my first drug of choice was attention mm. and and uh that hit me early um my, the substances hit me later i started well the substances i started about Twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Like I was started off drinking. Yeah, I, well, actually, too. probably earlier than that because you know I'm a country boy. You know, we would have these. Uh, <laughs> we had a parties and cookouts and stuff yeah. all the time, and I was always the one that was going around sipping people beer, opening, opening their beer and taking a sip. You know. Yeah. So that too. that started very early, but the real drinking probably started about twelve or thirteen. But my first addiction was fantasy. Really? Yeah, fantasy. My brain is yeah. my first addiction because, you know, I grew up in a um, what do they say, dysfunctional mm. family. You know, <laughs> that's the way to put it. And um, I went through a lot growing up. Yeah. Um, and when I when I finally was able to go to school, I learned that I could read books and create this whole world in my head. Mm. and forget about what was happening at home. Mm. You know, I could go to school and submerse myself into my schoolwork. And while I'm at school, while I'm reading these books, while I'm doing homework, while I'm doing schoolwork, I don't have to focus on the issues, the problems. So I became uh, a nerd, I guess you could call it. I'm a nerd. I, I admit it. I can admit it. I've done enough step work today where I can say I'm, I admit I'm a nerd. Hi, my name is Corey C. and I'm a nerd. Yeah, Nerds, <laughs> nerds Anonymous. That's my, I'm going to start a new, uh, new group, Nerds Anonymous. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be your first member. Come on in. <laughs> um, I, I, I want to explore this a little bit, but we, we need to take a quick break. Um, we're gonna we're gonna throw it. I forgot. I forgot to mention that we take breaks now. Oh, okay. But we're gonna throw it out for. Now, a just when or I so. get comfortable, you're gonna break it up. Oh. <laughs> hey, I got man. some rocking questions for you when we come back. Come on back. I got them all. I got. I love it. I love all right. It. Thank you. We'll go to commercial. We'll see y'all back in a. I don't know. Thirty seconds. Sixty seconds. Whatever. Welcome back to getting the herd with. Good job. Yeah. Perfect. Us the gang. You Let know you what go. I'm saying. Awesome. We're <laughs> hanging out, having fun. Um. We, oh wait, I'm sorry. Can I interrupt you? Yeah, go ahead. Do you know, I just dawned on me. This is we need to do this, Justin. Justin, we need to do this. You'll appreciate this. We need little theme music intro, and I'm thinking specifically because you said the gang, and I was thinking of uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Have you seen the show? <laughs> I have. I love that show. Yeah, it's awesome. And they have a podcast too. They they're, they're hilarious, but um, not as good as ours. Um, but they have for the show and also in the podcast, they have little you know little theme snippets yeah. of music before the you know dun, 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 dun. something yeah silly <laughs> i think i think we need theme music i think we should do it let's get on it okay we're back I'll, with I'll, Jen, I'll Jen, justin's like you i doing? love how y'all discuss all this and uh then just all look directly at me <laughs> yeah. like we were waiting for your response we, hmm. i'm seeking validation <laughs> you he was waiting for my response seeking validation uh, I'm just accepting whatever you say. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so Corey's gonna make our uh, theme music. I don't know if you want to do that. Well, that may wait. not be a good idea because it might. You know, I'm a street dude. I listen to hip hop, so gee, yeah, I, make you, a recovery hip hop song. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I probably don't look too street, but I mean, I know. I, I, I you cool? I'm like, I know what I've done on the street. You good? <laughs> you good? Oh, <laughs> uh, we had one comment from uh, Cricket. 
uh, earlier. And Cricket, I just I appreciate what you said. It says, uh, love all three of these inspirations on my screen are right now. Um, my question to you is, which one of the four of us is not an inspiration? Yeah. This mm. He's definitely talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. My man. Hell yeah, Cricket. That's home team right there. There we go, Cricket. Cool. <laughs> Coolest nerd in America. Amen, yeah. brother. Um, <laughs> good to see you, Cricket. Uh, so Corey, man, welcome. We, before we before we uh, went to commercial, we were we were starting down a conversation about being a nerd. Yeah, and, and which I, I'm laughing, <laughs> but I mean, I I get that it's something that I did too, and I didn't I didn't put it in the same context that you did, and now I'm seeing something about myself about that because I read a lot. I, I still read. A I still lot. read too. Yeah. Well, when I when I have time, my life is 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 taking a different direction. It's kind of full right now, so I don't have as much time to read as I used to, but. I'm a sponge for knowledge, man. Mm. That's why I love I love my pathway of recovery, right? I love my pathway of recovery because I like to learn and there's there's nothing more fulfilling than learning about myself. Mm. And that's that's why that's also what keeps me going. That can also sometimes be extremely scary. It is. If you if you could see up here, it's very frightening. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but that's why I have a guy that helps go. I don't go up here by myself. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do, <laughs> but you know. Yeah. But I I try to take a guy, take somebody with me when I go up there. Yeah. Well, like getting comfortable with getting to know yourself is difficult on its own. So getting to know yourself by yourself is nerve-wracking like that's why i'm so glad i have a sponsor like mm -hmm. you know and, and i'm glad that you know he's kind of just like me mm -hmm. and if that makes sense and he also it helps that he looks just like my stepdad so like i feel super easy to, mm -hmm. like talking to him but like you know talking to him and giving him a piece of something that i'm dealing with and hearing how he responds to it mm -hmm. and then giving it like the way he gives it back to me so that I can understand, mm -hmm. it makes everything easier. Like it makes me feel more calm mm -hmm. with getting to know myself. Like I'm not as scared to do it anymore. Spent so much time being scared and hating myself, like not wanting to know who Darian was. Mm -hmm. And like it, it, it held me back for the longest time. Like, you know, I could, I could go into a job, I could, you know, do really well, but I would never get the promotion. And it was because I wasn't being me. I was being what I thought everybody wanted me to be. There you go. Right? Yeah. And now I'm like, I've learned so much about myself within the past four and a half months. More, I've learned more about myself in the past four and a half months than I have in 19 years of being alive. Well, 20 years of being alive, you know, and it's just been amazing. Like, yeah, it really is. Like, recovery is never something that I thought I was ever going to get. Like, I looked at my uncle who has 22 years, and, I like, I always wanted what he had, but I never thought I could get it, right? And now I have it, and I'm working on it every day. Like, I'm, I'm never – I don't want to stop because this is such, like, the process. Like, um, It's – it is the process. You got to trust the process. Um, it's important to have a sponsor and have a network of people in order to truly learn yourself. 
but for me, I, I, I've kind of figured that out because one of my, also one of my character defects is lying. Yeah. Ooh. I'm a liar. Welcome. So I, yeah. So I can't learn myself by myself because I lie to myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's in the process of um, going through the steps that my sponsor can see through my bullshit and my lies and show me the truth, you know, because I don't know who I am. I never knew who I was. Well, I'm, I'm learning who I am now, but in the beginning, I didn't know who I was. Only thing I knew was the lies that I had told myself over the years in order to survive the life that I was living. And the lies that I told myself about, you know, what a man is supposed to be, what a man looks like, the things we do and the stuff that we had to experience going through the life that we lived. And the majority of them were lies, mm. right? But I believed them. Mm -hmm. So going in my step, originally when I first started going through my step work, so that's what I was writing down, you know? And a lot of it wasn't true. That's not who I was. That's who I either I wanted to be or who I thought you wanted me to be. Yeah. It wasn't, none of it was really me. It were my experiences and going through all of that. And then going over with my sponsor, we could look at these situations and look at these things. And in the process, I could find me. I like that. I, I would like to ask a follow-up question to you. Okay. We're at, yeah. So we, you mentioned jobs. Uh, somewhere in that conversation. So I thought it might be interesting to Corey and to our listeners that you have a, a particularly unique skill set. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So do you want, let's talk about that. You're not going to find me, are you? The way you put that, is he going to find me when I leave? Well, no. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. I, it, he might. So let's let's talk about, wait, before you tell what it is, let's talk about what that is and why that is, where that came from, because... Uh, do you want me to describe it vaguely and see if he can guess? I, yeah, because I think that's that's the most fun way to do that. Okay. okay, so, like, I had this very particular job, right, that involved me being really good with hand-eye coordination. Like, if I didn't have hand-eye coordination, I'd probably hurt myself mm -hmm. or someone else. It was, <laughs> like, it was the most fun job in the world, and when you f figure out what it is, you're going to be like, you're lying. There's no way you actually did this for a job, but it is the coolest thing ever. And I'm also technically considered a professional at it. And I'm a licensed coach. So I'm able to do this to this day still. Like I can go anywhere and do this as a job, anywhere that has this certain job. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe some questions. So you, your, your skill is, Extreme hand-eye coordination. Probably the most extreme hand-eye coordination. Very necessary. And this <laughs> helps people. No, but it gives people a lot of fun. Well, actually, you could say it helps people because it lets them get out their aggression. He's a whack-a-mole trainer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I was going to say Ooh. video game tester. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you, you're kind of... You're, you're, you're in the neighborhood. Okay. Um, um, think of me as like a dangerous quarterback. Hmm. I got nothing. <laughs> I am a professional axe thrower. 
Really? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty that. cool. Yeah. That's I was pretty cool. A professional axe thrower for nine and a half months. Okay. Yeah. It was the greatest job ever. Shout out Fredericksburg Axes. Um, you know, that's pretty cool because that's, I like watching it. I watch it on television. Really? Yeah. I, I really do. I told you I'm a nerd, man. My interests are all over the place. I love that. Now you're uh, a professional shade thrower. Ooh, <laughs> cast it. Cast it. Ain't no shade being thrown today, though. I like the people I'm with. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, there's a, um, I can't remember. It was somewhere downtown that was a, a club where they do that. They do, they throw axes. Have an axe throwing club downtown in Richmond somewhere. I can't remember. I've seen it, but I I'm, can't remember. I'm where gonna it have was. to check it out. Yeah, I, I was the trick shot master at my okay. place. I could do it blindfolded, backwards, one in each hand. I could throw four at one time. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I could throw them from like that far side of the room over there to where you're sitting, blindfolded, and still hit the bullseye. Did you ever put like a person in front? No. Oh, you weren't like throwing at people and like trying to. No, but like the way you I'm throw. I'm not sitting in that chair if somebody's throwing the axe. <laughs> I don't care how much of a professional you are. Like, I'm not doing it. I used to put my hand up there though and be like, come on, who wants to throw? Who wants to throw it? Like, jokingly. Oh, God. And it probably wasn't my best idea. Absolutely not. Let's but... see your hands. You have all. You have all... I have all my digits. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Lucky. So, how about yeah. all your toes? I don't need to see them. No. No? <laughs> No, I have all my toes. <laughs> when uh, when my brother and I were really young, uh, my granddad gave us uh, like bow and arrow sets, and, and they were steel tipped, like sharp ish arrows with with a pretty strong bow. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> we were young to the point where he was like, uh, "Okay, I want you to take this apple." <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I, like I want you to put going. it on top of your head. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna stand about mm, five, six yards away, and I'm gonna see if I can knock it off. And sure enough, my dumb ass was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah," and, and he was just, you know, pull back and everything. We hear my dad across the yard, just like, "No!" Looking <laughs> out to us. He smacked, saved. smacked it out of my brother's hand. I'm just like, we're just like, what's going on? Yeah, we're just, he's, he's gonna nail it, you know? Like, he saved your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad literally took both bows, all the arrows, snapped yeah. it over his knee. He was like, I'm calling, I'm calling your granddad. This is never happening again. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, that would have been all. I would have either been dead or like missing yeah. an eye. Yeah, have that, a giant hole in my cheek. But you just know. think about the story. Like, oh, it's a fantastic story. Yeah, like, it would have been a better story if he had actually shot and hit the apple. Yeah, no, I, that's a great. Been, I think it would have been a better story if he like shot and hit you in the arm or something. Well, that if you had awesome. a if you had a pirate patch, that would be cool. Yeah, an eye patch would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Like we used to try at the <laughs> Tell place. Tell story and be like, I got this sweet scar. You want to see? <laughs> <laughs> at the place, we used to like throw tennis balls downrange and huck an axe as hard as we can to try and get it to cut through the tennis ball <laughs> and then hit the target or like catch the tennis ball in the target i've only seen one person do it and that was my buddy chris and he also did like a hook shot mm. like he was kareem and like the whole time he was trying it i was just yelling out kareem kareem <laughs> you're and too young to know kareem bro what are you talking about man you're too young to know the hook shot bro that's like 80s what are you talking about that's the baby hook that's yeah. my move oh you ball i ball my that's man. my move weird strange fact mm. about me 
<laughs> you made me think about it when you're talking about the bow and arrow. So All right. I told you I was a nerd. Mm. I think it was 11th grade. I came in first place for the Virginia Science Convention about shooting bow and arrows. Hmm. Did Did you have a brother who? No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> did you have a guinea pig? That I did you? not. So the the exhibit, well, I don't know if you want to call it an exhibit, but the project was how do you calculate the trajectory of an arrow from point A to point B between certain distances? And you would have to calculate the weight of the arrow to win, uh, the angle of the bow and all that. I told you, I told you I was a nerd, bro. That's cool. That's very cool. That's this is 11th grade. That was great. That was great. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> man, we got some good look. Man, we got Joe Joe P watching over my here. My man, Joe. Joe, What's man. up, Joe? That's uh, my man. We got Joe, Joe. Joe, we need man. to get you on the show. We need to, I don't think you've been on the show, have you? Uh, I think Ben's been on the show. but Joe, ben, Joe was on the show. When uh when I had everyone from Aware Recovery on, he was on. Oh yeah, that's right. But I did I wasn't on the show that time. That's right. No, you were not. That's right. That's right. I was not aware. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna need you I to go wait. He's the got car. another question. Right. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> I, so I'm looking for suggestions, right? Because mm. I was just put in this great opportunity for leadership, Ooh. and um, you know, you you work at a facility as well. I do. Were you ever a house manager? No. What would you say for somebody who as young as I am would be like, what would be the best suggestion you could give to a young person in the leadership, in a leadership position like that? Like I'm a, I just got uh, made house leader yesterday mm -hmm. for my house and I'm told, I totally think I'm ready for it, but I know that with this position comes a lot more responsibility, which means I'm being trusted more which means, you know, I'm taking care of me. I've got guys that look up to me now that are, you know, going to start coming to me. Like, I already experienced that today. I had one dude text me and was like, yo, where do I go to do this? And I was able to give him that information. Um, um, so huh. there's actually several suggestions that I would give you. The first one is learn who you are. Okay. You know, do your work on yourself. Um, the second one is always remember to keep your servant's towel bigger than your ego. Okay. And that's one of my models in life. You know, you, I'm, I'm, I can be very egotistical and prideful. That's also, you know, part of my nature. Um, and it, I pull information and, and life lessons from so many different places, from a lot of different places. And there's a particular one that I use a lot to help keep me grounded. Um, and it's, it comes from the Bible. And it's the uh, story of when, when Jesus was the night before that um, Judas turned him in. And it, they were sitting around and they were eating and God spoke to Jesus and revealed to him that pretty much he had all power and dominion over the world. Now, whether you believe in Christianity or God, that's for me, it, it, that's not important. That's not what I'm talking about today. It's the, the idea, right? So you were, he was giving all power and dominion over everything. The world was pretty much his. He had all control over it. You know what he did in that moment? 
He got up, he got an apron and tied it around his waist, and he got a towel and a basin of water, and he washed everyone's feet. This is a person that has all power over everything, and he humbles himself to be the lowest of low servants. I keep that in mind all the time. Like that's one of that's my motto in life is always make sure that my servant's towel is bigger than my ego. Because when my ego gets too big, I can't serve you. Especially in a position of power. If I'm placed in a position of power, now if I haven't done the work on myself, my ego is gonna tell me it's all about me. You have to do what I say. What I say goes, I'm top dog, bottom line. Mm -hmm. Get in, get in line or get out, Mm -hmm. right? That is not the way to help people. I have to remove me from these situations in order to be truly of service to these people. So I would suggest you do some work on learning who you are and keep your servant style bigger than your ego like that and what i what i like that you asked that question because you've been asking this of everybody um two of the guys up here commenting uh both ben kramer and uh cricket above that um have been very successful house leaders here with mcshen foundation in fact ben kramer uh was the house leader over here at dunbar at the intensive house um when i when i was first a participant and and I became really close with him and that group of people. I didn't live in that house. I ended up living with Ben later on, mm-hmm. um, and and had a great relationship with Ben. But at the time, that house was really tight, and you know, it was wasn't of course all just Ben. It was the way that the whole house you know worked together as a as a unit, and and uh, you know they 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 constantly kicked butt. So, and I was really grateful to live with uh, with Ben a few years later. Uh, at the last, you know, when I lived here at the end of my living here. And and to be able to you know be become better friends with Ben. So if you see up there, Ben said to get get his number and give him a call. He's a good dude to have in your pocket. Yeah, Ben Sodicat. That's my total, man. Yeah. What's up, Paul Mundy? Good to see you. am. <laughs> you, you know Paul? I know him from Facebook, and I've seen him in some meetings, but we're not. Yeah. We never really hung out. Yeah. Paul's Paul's a good dude, Paul. Man, I hope you're doing all right, buddy. It's good to see you up here, man. Um, and and. What I like here too, you know, Cricket was the house leader. Cricket's been a house leader a couple different houses here, but and you know Cricket, yeah, yeah. Cricket was the house leader at uh, Chamberlain right before me, mm-hmm. and uh, I could not have had a better example of house leadership. Yeah, you know, I was really, really fortunate. I was grateful uh, for that. You know, two two of the two of the people I lived with as my house leaders, you know, are one sitting right over here. Uh, Justin was my first house leader when I mm-hmm. first moved here. Like I've known him since April 30th, 2018, when I first moved here. Isn't that crazy? I was uh, 17. That's my birthday. April 30th. I'm too old to hear you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and Cricket are from the same little town in Hanover from Montpelier. No oh, Mont- yeah. Cricket's a Montpelier home team dude. And uh, I remember <laughs> Cricket a little bit from back in the day. Um, but I know where he comes from. And to see him today, I'm very proud of you, Cricket. You inspire me, my friend. Yeah. That's the cool thing. Yeah. That is a cool thing. I mean, I, uh, Cricket, of course, works here, and he's a friend, too. 
you know, Joe, I've known since, uh, if not the day I got here, you know, shortly after I got here, he was always here. Uh, we, we attended the 12 o'clock 12 step meeting downstairs a lot together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, we moved on and hung out, did a lot of stuff together. Um, Joe's cool too. He's a big part of, of big, big part of my yeah. circle. He's yeah. he's there. He's in there too. I love Joe. Joe works a great, solid program, and I respect the shit out of Joe because Joe gonna tell you what you may not want to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Joe's gonna tell you exactly, and and he's gonna give it to you gut level and raw. What you do with it after that is on you, but Joe gonna tell you. <laughs> 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 I, I have a, I do have a question for you uh, about your recovery network, and I, I okay. think I think those of us not in your in your uh, I guess sponsorship family mm -hmm. want to know how can we get into the whole clothing scene? Is there is there like a a, a line of clothing that we can buy into? Because y'all seem to have not well. I mean, I'm just saying like your day to day stuff seems to be coordinated, but then you guys get together and buy T-shirts. And and have things put on them. Yeah. I, I see how y'all yeah. celebrate. Yeah, is what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to get yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really freaking badass. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I have I have my own design team. Some <laughs> I guess you could call it. Um, like I, when one of their sponsorship family meets and and has a celebration, yeah. they all turn out and it's like a big giant. They, it's the same T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was we used to have another um, another group that we did that in, and um, we still we're all still cool, but we've kind of all. We're in our own way to some degree, um, but we still we still we fellowship together, man. When one of us celebrate, everybody celebrate. Yeah. You know, because I didn't I didn't do this by myself. Yeah. This is not this is not just Corey. If it was just Corey, I'd still be over Highland Park getting high. Mm -hmm. This Corey is in and it's it, it's amazing to me, man. Like it's. It's just so amazing to to see that I'm sitting here. It might not be a big deal to y'all, but I'm sitting here in a recovery organization doing a recovery podcast, talking to other people in recovery about recovery. <laughs> I guess that it blows my mind because <laughs> I know where I come from. I know how my brain works. I know the things my brain tells me to do. But still, at almost 3 o'clock on a Thursday, I'm sitting here doing a recovery podcast, and I'm not up the street getting high. Who is it that said something, like, basically exactly the same thing? Somebody said that not too long ago. I remember they were like, "I do you, you remember, though? Somebody was like, I can't believe I'm sitting here on a recovery podcast yeah. talking about recovery to people in recovery. Like, yeah. Because it is, yeah. it is crazy to think about. It's, it's, it's it is, wild. It is, yeah. It is wild. It's, it's, it's wild. Like I work at a recovery foundation mm -hmm. and yeah. I now edit. I used to be on, I used to be a touring sound guy mm -hmm. doing everything that came along. Mm -hmm. And, and like now I'm sitting here editing videos that I never thought I'd be doing, you know, like talking to y'all about, recovery yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy it's, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world i wouldn't trade it for nothing i used to be a very unsuccessful heroin addict <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. like I, at the end of my run i was i was extremely unsuccessful and still kept trying to do it <laughs> and make it work and it didn't work like that's the part that gets me like when i was telling you about don't forget the pain 
Yeah. I I remember though. I I remember that. I remember that that despair, that degradation, that just empty pit or the pit full of pain and hurt. I remember that. And to be sitting here today talking to you and you and you and, and y'all about recovery is just is is amazing. That's all I can say. It's just wow. Yeah, it's like I, I sit it's here. surreal, I guess you could say it's kind of surreal. Yeah. Cause my brain still tells me you ain't shit. Oof. You know, my brain will tell me that all the time. You know, you you ain't shit. Just cause them people talk to you and they like you still ain't you still a dope fiend. Yeah. Let's go get high. Hey Robin. My brain tells me that. So uh Robin Scott up here, what did she say? I, I think it is pretty cool that this is a broadcast and I get to better understand your experiences. Thank you all with a little Thank heart. You, Robin. Robin's my sister. Hey, sis. Yeah. Robin's Isn't awesome. that cool? And you've met Robin. Yeah. Robin makes the absolute best vegan cookies that you will ever eat. Uh, I need some of those. Are you vegan? Not anymore, but I like them. Okay. Okay. I, well, that's are, a, I'm not vegan, but her food's amazing. Uh, her and I'm the trying husband. to get back to it. You know, I was telling you about the health stuff that I've been doing. Yeah. With, so I'm trying to get back to it. But God, a steak tastes so good. Oh, my God. I know. But look, there's, here's another <laughs> thing, right? Like, I listen, got a prime rib defrosting in the fridge. This, this is another part of the, the like the, the the beauty of this program. Like your sister mm -hmm. is commenting to you on a recovery podcast. But, yeah, yeah. If you went hard in the paint, like I went hard in the paint, <laughs> that right there is, is a, oh, affirmation no. that we're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. It, like my yeah. family, my family didn't want to be around me. Yeah, like. After my brother passed away, like my mom was done with me, you know, my little brother didn't talk to me, you know, nobody wanted to be around me. And now people call me and just say hi. Like the first time that, that this was one of the moments that, that, and it still chokes me up when I think about it. You know, my, my, me and my dad had a, a different type of relationship. Like we didn't really, wasn't normal father son relationship. But when I got clean and he called me one day, just out of the blue, just to check on me and see how I was doing. And before he hung up the phone, he's like, he told me he loved me. I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? You know what I'm saying? Oh, sorry. Uh, it's all good. I, I, listen, all we good. made it this far and it only happened once. So that's a blessing. Be happy. 56 be minutes. I mean. Be thankful because I'm passionate about this. Like, progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. You know, I'm, and I'm passionate about it. So I, yeah. I, I remember uh, I went to a meeting the first time I went to a, uh, a NA meeting and another part person that's huge part of my network, uh, Linda C. Linda's got 30 some odd years. I know Linda. She was sitting there and she looked around and she shared. She said, if I don't hear the word one time in a meeting, I'm in the wrong place. Like this, I'm at home. <laughs> this is good for me. But, you know, like I was saying, um, being able now these now i have family members that just call me and say hi i have people call family members call and ask me me for advice mm. like what do you do mm. in this situation how and it's it's a blessing man it's beautiful i wouldn't trade this for the world i ain't going nowhere yeah man. it's super cool like my great grandmother watches the podcast that's right amazing. and that's my rock like i lived with her through the last two years of my active addiction and you know, she. I was telling her the other day, I was like, you don't even realize it, but you were doing something that the NA literature tells us to do, which is love them 
you love me until I could love myself. And like that, I wouldn't have made it. Like, I don't think I would have gotten into recovery had she not like actively showed me how, what my worth was. Like she had a big part in showing me what my worth was. And it wasn't until finally that day, that last day where everything, everything made sense for me in that moment. And I was able to go back to her and be like, listen, I think I see a little bit of what you're talking about. She probably did more than that. You just don't know. Yeah. I can tell you now, mm. I wouldn't be here. And I'm a firm believer of this. I would not be here if my mama and my big mama hadn't been praying for me. Yeah. She prayed for you, bro. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. The like prayers that, that a praying mom, a grandma and stuff like that. <laughs> be thankful if you got one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I could sit here and, uh, we could we could sit here for probably another two or three hours. Yeah. Um, however, however, it is getting to be on the hour mark, and I I do want to I do want to give you an opportunity to 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 have any closing remarks, and I want to ask you um, if you have any thoughts or or suggestions for people who may not have yet found recovery or are making a decision on recovery or may feel stuck. And and keeping in mind that our our largest uh, largest viewership slash listenership is, is individuals currently incarcerated. So the hope shot, I guess, is what I'm getting at. You know, more uh, than you've already done, actually. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, so I, I do want to I, I do want to say something specifically to that to that group of people, the people that are incarcerated and locked up. I would strongly suggest and implore you that while you're in there, learn who you are do some work on yourself don't just do the time don't just let the time go by just don't just bit mm. you know a lot of people get time mm. and you go to jail and you just bitch your time out and come on back home please please don't do that learn about what caused you to do whatever it was that you did that got you in there do that gut level deep dive into why you are and think the way that you think because if you don't the same you that was that got you in there is waiting at the at, at the gate when you get out and you're it's easy to go right back where you came from and the system loves it like i have a a whole thing with that the system loves it because it's a revolving door like you get locked up you get out, you do the same thing, and then they set all these things in place to make it so much easier for you to go right back. That's, that's a cycle that needs to be broken. Like people getting locked up for uh, simple possession crimes, people going to jail because they committed a crime that was based in active addiction. I'm not saying that you should get off for what you've done, but it should be another way than just having you sitting in a jail cell. Do something to learn who you are so that you don't have to repeat the mistakes that got you there in the first place. Good stuff. Good stuff. Sir, do you have any final thoughts before we close out? Um, I want to get your number. That's all. That's my final thought. Like, I, I need you in my network, man. I need you in mine. And just, Nathan, thank you for letting me be here today. Thank you for being here, man. You're welcome. Yeah. Justin. 
Uh, well, I have to say, um, I love all the guests that we have. Um, but I have to say that you've captivated me. I'd say the most out of, out of a lot that we've had. Mm -hmm. Um, I appreciate your, 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 your wealth of knowledge, dude. Um, and, uh, I know, I know we're all still learning, but talking to you, hearing you talk for just this hour is just, it's been awesome, man. It really has. I appreciate um, it, man. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's really it. So, man, let me, let me feed your ego on that a little bit <laughs> because, because I was right before well, uh, I've never had a chance to actually sit down and have like an actual conversation with him. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Well, no, I I'm with you on this and, and the reason I'm feeding your ego a little bit because we were looking at numbers. Uh, I was looking at numbers actually earlier today, and I'm putting whatever, sending stuff out. But we realized we did 117 shows last year, mm -hmm. and and so we've done a few since you know obviously in the new year. But that's 117 shows plus however many this year that we've done so far, and you're the favorite. <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> well, let me let me let me let me say this. I appreciate all that. Yeah. That's that glory is not mine though. You can't feed that. This doesn't feed my ego. Fair enough. This, that's I give all this glory to God. Yeah. If mm -hmm. it wasn't for God being, if it wasn't for God and His grace and mercy, I would not be here. So everything that I do, I give my glory to Him. That's awesome, man. I I really am grateful for you to 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 come and share with us today. And and Darian, man, I I love that you. Uh, this is what your second time co-hosting now. Yep. Yeah, man, I love that, and and I I want you. Uh, I like that. We'll get you. We'll get you to the point where you do it on your own. Sometimes. Yeah, he's a natural. I know, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't think I've ever sat back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that, yeah. man. You know, I think I think more voices at the table, um, you know, to share and connect because I know that I'm not always going to be the one that's going to connect with somebody. And I I love what you said about that. It's like it's okay. I know that I can't be everything to everybody, but I have. A network of people and i can say all right well hold on you can talk to blah 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 and, and so and so over here and oh maybe that you know and and that's the beauty of recovery to me it's beauty yeah. and diversity yeah so appreciate you uh, appreciate all y'all uh we will see you back here on monday at 10 o'clock a.m for uh, a, a a thing with honesty carolyn beadler yeah I think that's how you, she is what an author i think she, she's an author, but there's a, a women's recovery uh, jam, something. I, I'm, this is me not being prepared. <laughs> it's a women's recovery thing that's happening that they're going to talk about. Honesty, Lillard will be here. Uh, CEO of McShane, I'll be here. And we'll be talking to Carolyn Beeler. I'm excited about that. Um, for those of you who do or who may not yet know, you know, Honesty Liller, our CEO here at McShane Foundation, is uh, about to release her first book. Honest is awesome. I may, yeah, it, she She's is awesome. awesome. And I, I started looking at it the other night. I put it down because it was, because uh, uh, I was, I knew I was going to get into it. And I just like, I'm, it's like eleven thirty, and I need to go to bed. And I can't wait to pick it up oh, wait, this weekend. You have a copy? I do. I do. Well, I, 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 I have a, I have a preview. <laughs> <laughs> I have a preview copy, and it's not mine. It's, it's actually Adam's. It's the first preview copy. But I, she wanted me to read it before. Before we do her show on the seventeenth, he don't hear none of that shit, bro. As soon as you I said know. he got a copy and he ain't got one, 
everything else you said is out the window now, bro. He don't hear nothing you talk about. Um, yeah, just in, in case you're listening, honesty. Uh, you know, I I do the show. Too. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there for anyone who wants to listen. Yeah, but we got okay. But we got a full week next week, right? We got honesty with Carolyn Beadler and and uh, on Monday at 10 a.m. On Tuesday we have uh, Walt. And I know Walt's got a special guest uh, for what is it? What is it? Testify Tuesday. Ah, yeah. My man. <laughs> and man, is that a lot of energy? We yeah. have to we have to turn down the mics for that show. Yeah. He um, doesn't even need mics. People even... <laughs> that are I mean, everybody can just yeah. hear him naturally. Yeah. That's what I love about him. It's yeah. the joy, energy, man. It's the joy the Lord, man. Yeah. It's the joy from God. And like he, he I, I don't even have to turn any of my knobs up on my board. I can turn them all, all the way down. He's still redlining everything. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> he's turning it up to 11 by himself. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's got what, 26 years? Something? Yeah. He ain't smoked crack in 26 years. Whew. Whew. I love that. I love that he keeps doing that and bringing that message mm-hmm. and the jail programming he does yeah. too. And then on the 17th, that following, uh, uh, that following, the, well, I'm sorry, next Thursday, uh, next Thursday, we've got honesty again. We're going to be talking about her new book and what that means and how you can pre-order that and, and all that good stuff. So you mean the book ain't got the book. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That'd be the book. That would be the book. <laughs> that exact book. Has, has anyone ever called you a pot stir? I mean, you, you know, I, I mean, you know, stirring the old shit pot. <laughs> I've been known to plug a few batteries in every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Also, don't forget, uh, tomorrow is Care Talks. Oh, yeah. From 6 to 8. And that's going to be a live stream as well. Um, It's celebrating Black History Month. Going to have a lot of cool speakers. We got got Walt speaking. We got Kevin speaking. Um, We have Melvina speaking. Oh, I love Those are the only people that are speaking that I actually know. Uh, but also a, Helen Skipper is going to be on there. Moses is going to be on there. Uh, that's a killer. Oh, Rodney's going to be on there too. Uh oh. You're going to really need to turn your stuff down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, Rodney's, my, Rodney's a man. Yeah. That's my man. Yeah. That's my man. Oh, we got to talk about some too. energy, man. That yeah. dude's yeah. got all the energy. Can, we, can, I, can, can I tell him about the 22nd? Sure. You don't even remember, do you? I don't. You got me all hyped up, and then I you don't, don't remember. Well, I, the twenty second. I won't be here with you. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It'll be my first time. Selfish that I am, right? Yeah. <laughs> all about you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be my first time doing this. Oh, Darian, without... you know I have that week off, right? So you're gonna be. Hey, bro, I don't even and... I come in. I got you. Cool. <laughs> I know how to do that stuff too. I, I got, got backup. Yeah, I, I got, got backup. Do you but know how to do that uh, I do. My I uncle does, Greg. All right, long. we're at an hour and eight minutes. Go gotta... <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, my uncle Greg Traber with 22 years in recovery. He'll be doing the podcast with me. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, we'll be. I'm gonna. He does a speaker gym event every every February. Uh, a recovery speaker gym. And okay. that was actually my first introduction to recovery. That's and awesome. I'm gonna interview him on that. Awesome. So watch out for that on the 22nd. Woo! When is the speaker gym? February twenty sixth. Oh, fantastic! Okay, all right. Well, that's that's man. We got a whole full month, man. We haven't uh, we haven't missed a beat. All right, thank you guys. I know it's an, we are an hour and nine minutes yep. and fifteen seconds. Love that y'all. Great. See you next. See you. See you on Monday. That's the show. Bye. Blah, 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 blah. That's all, folks. <laughs>
Christy Liller. I am the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a woman in long-term recovery since May 27, 2007. I have not used drugs or alcohol. Thank you so, so much to the Richmond Times Dispatch and all of our voters for getting the Herd podcast. Those podcasts are amazing. Not only has it helped thousands upon thousands of people in their recovery, as well as family members, but it has helped me in my personal recovery. I get to listen to them now in my car through Spotify and iHeartRadio. And it's just really, really important for us to be innovative in the addiction field and the recovery community. So when COVID hit, we had to be innovative. You know, we really had to think of like, what can we do to reach people that cannot go to 12-step meetings? smart recovery, faith-based, whatever, um, that we're shutting down constantly. So we were innovative here at McShin. Let's start podcast. So with Todd, John, Alex, um, and some other staff, you know, we all just kind of jumped in who can do what. And um, with Todd's lead and John's lead, the podcasts have been amazing and we're still doing them today. So I want to thank you for all of your votes and all of your energy and all of your support of our mission of healing families and saving lives. Thanks.